Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. As I got prepared for this day, for this moment, for this conversation, thinking about the power of resurrection, that's why we come and celebrate. That's why many choose to come to church on Easter Sunday. You know, there's this this question or this, this saying that I have shared moments in times in my life, and it's, it's this thought of like, it can't get any better than this. I don't know if you've ever had those moments in your life where it's like, whoa, life cannot just, it can't get any better than this. And I'll never forget when I was probably about 12 years old, I had the, the great opportunity to go to Hawaii. And I thought I was always going to go to Hawaii, you know, with my wife when I got married and we we're going to have our honeymoon and that was going to be like that moment. But I was like, I'm like a water fanatic. I love the ocean. I love the beach. And so when I had the opportunity to go, I was like, yes, let's go. And I'll never forget as I laid down on the, the shores and the ocean and the sea and the sand of Kauai, as I closed my eyes, I could feel the, the power of the sun rays touching my skin. And then you could hear the the seagulls and the birds and the wind coming against the palm trees. And then it's the sand, right? It's like, this is not California sand. (laughs) Where you put your hands in it, you sink your feet in it. And then the words that whispered out of my mouth, it cannot get any better than this. And then as I grew, I got married to my high school sweetheart. And we made decisions, and we had a choice that we were going to choose to follow Jesus. And as I stood at the altar and saw my beautiful bride, the one to which God had prepared for me all the days of my life, as I held hands and I exchanged vows, I remember thinking, it cannot get any better than this. And then we have all boys in our family, three older brothers, like seven nephews, maybe more. I just thinking, I think I might have the first girl. Who knows? I want to have the first girl. And then finding out that we were going to have a baby girl. And Kelly going through pregnancy and just the excitement and the longing and the anticipation. And then the experience of childbirth, right? And then holding my baby girl for the first time, looking in her eyes, saying, it cannot get any better than this. But then there's also moments where I'm sure you have said it cannot get any worse than this. Where life seems to have like its way in the storms and the brokenness and the pain and the death seems to kind of prevail. I'm sure there's many in the room that we just have this, this unsettling understanding with death, right? It's just not fair. We know something in us that God created. We were not created for death. We were not created to, to, to miss and to mourn and to long for that individual, that person that passed away. And it's like this, I cannot believe this is happening. It cannot get any worse than this. You see, there was a man named Jesus who walked this earth and who performed powerful, amazing, wonderful miracles. And he showed us and he spoke to us, I have come to give you life and life to the full. And yet Jesus said, hey, by the way, I'm going to die. I will die, and on the third day, I will rise. So take heart. Just know it's going to happen. And yet the disciples 
And the people and those that walked with Jesus, they felt the burn and the pain and the sting of death. It cannot get any worse than this. You know, as I've walked with Jesus, I'm still young, right? But I've devoted the last 10 years, all of my 20s, to being discipled under and walking with Jesus. And I've realized a couple of things along the journey. That I am a broken man. And we all fall short and we are all pretty messed up. Like we all, like we don't need to really have that conversation of sin because we all kind of know, yeah, I'm pretty messed up. The older we get, the more we begin to realize and see the pains and the wickedness and the injustice that's done to one another that we can even do to one another. There's this quote from a man named C.S. Lewis. He said this, he, Jesus, didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. All of us are pretty bad. All of us are pretty wicked. And so he didn't just come to take our bad or our evil or our wickedness. He came so that we would die and participate in a death with him so that we can truly live. So that we can get rid of the old and get rid of the, the junk and the filth and the brokenness of the past and no longer let it have control over our future. You know, there's this idea as I, as I, stood, as I stood at the shores of the ocean in Kauai, that idea like, man, this is like heaven on earth. Have you ever had those moments where you tell yourself that? This is heaven on earth. And Jesus had a lot to say about heaven, by the way. He had much to say about a new kingdom. And sometimes we have to sort of recalibrate our minds and our hearts. And we have to allow God to come to, to the front, the prefrontal cortex of our brain so that we can just sit and be in awe at times. And there's this passage of scripture in 1 Chronicles 29, and it says this. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. You see, when Jesus came, he brought in a new kingdom. A new kingdom. And, and here's the problem, though. It's like, why, why don't we feel that new kingdom at times? Like, all throughout Matthew, the overarching theme is, and the kingdom of heaven is like this, and the kingdom of heaven is like this. And so Jesus shows us this entire new kingdom, this entire new world, and that's why in the, the, the prayer that Jesus showed us to pray, it's, it's to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's something about this kingdom. And I'll be honest, I love being an American. I do. I'm like a US citizen, man. I'm proud of being American. But my citizenship is not first American. It's within the kingdom of God. So I'm not here to talk about a politician. We're not here to raise awareness on a particular party. We're here to give glory to one man and his name is Jesus. He is the only one that can set you free, friend. 
The world will have its way. The father of lies, Satan, the devil, he might feel like he has his way because what he does is he comes to lie to you. He comes to steal from you. He comes to do everything to destroy your life. And you have to make a conscious decision. Am I going to walk in the newness and the wonder and the splendor of the new kingdom or am I going to choose to live in like this kingdom here? And here's the problem again. It's a lot of problems. My wife used to tell me this all the time, and she's no longer this, but she was, she was like, yeah, you have permission to say that. Go for it. I'm like, okay, perfect. She's like, you know, Sam, before I really gave my life to Jesus and walked with him and listened to him and abided in his word and was obedient to him, I used to be a CEO. I'm like, what's a CEO, Kelly? What are you talking about? She's like, Christmas, Easter only. That was it. I just only went to church on Christmas and Easter only. And my friend, I don't want that for you. It's not about a church. It's not about a building. My Bible tells me that we are the church. But there is something powerful about family. There is something powerful about coming together. There is something powerful about going in a particular direction and the direction of the people of God are going towards sunrise. And if you do not have God, I am sorry, but you need to know you are going towards sunset. That's why death and pain is so terrifying. My friend, if you have Jesus, you are going towards sunrise. It's like, well, why don't I feel like that, though? Well, there's a lot of people that can say, all hail King Jesus, all hail the Savior of the world. And is he king? The question is, is he king of your life? Because I'm grateful that he's my savior, friend. Man, I need a savior like every day. I need him to remind me I am no longer the old man. I'm no longer that guy. Many of you guys know me from high school. I'm not the, like, the high school Sam. <laughs> I no longer live in the BC before Christ days. I am a new man. And I walk in a new authority. And my father has given me his inheritance. And so my mind is different. And my heart is different. And my posture is different. And that is not any of my doing. It's a new kingdom. It's a new perspective. The Bible says that he will give you the mind of Christ. And so we can say, I love Jesus. Man, I'm a Christian. It's like, yes, but we must walk it. We must live it. My friend, T.D. Jakes says this. I love him. He's, I would argue, the greatest preacher in our time, T.D. Jakes. He says, salvation is the root. Salvation, your salvation, that gives us life so that when we die, we have eternal. Salvation is the root, but it doesn't stop there. Many of us stop at salvation. Man, I kind of paid my dues. I'm like good. And I pray to God and I worship him and I even tithe a little bit. Come on, let's go. I tithe. And I'm like, me and God are good. But it's like my life has no reflection of the kingdom of heaven. And so what happens is T.D. Jake says that salvation is the root, but resurrection is the fruit. Salvation is the fruit of our lives that we must walk to, we must be excited about, but it does not stop there. 
There is resurrection power in the name of Jesus. And so I have to walk this out and I have to live this out and I have to breathe this out and I have to forgive. Even though I don't want to forgive, I have to forgive because that's the kingdom of God. I have to become a new man. You have to become a new woman. You have to live and breathe and walk. And so what happens is salvation's the root. But have you walked in resurrection power? Man. It can't get any better than this. And friend, it can't. God is everything that I need. Jesus is everything that you need. Your soul is searching and longing and desiring more. And it's only found in Jesus. uh, Jesus was speaking to Martha about her brother who died, Lazarus. And she was broken. And it says this in John 11, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And the question that Jesus asks Martha and myself and you is, do you believe this? Like, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? If the answer is yes, then, man, I must live in it then. I must walk in it. I must breathe in it. I must abide in the teachings of Jesus. A man named Timothy Keller said it like this. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything that he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. You see, if Jesus rose which he did, by the way, everything changes. Everything must change. If Jesus rose, then I can change. Not on my own power. This is not an egotistical perspective, but on the power of God. Not on my own might, not on my own perspective. My friend, you can search. You can read the self-help books. You can pray to the rocks. You can read the cards. You can hope and dream that there is something out there that's going to give you direction, but I can promise you it is only found in the person of Jesus because he is the resurrection and the life. So if he's the resurrection and the life, then I'm going to give and put my entire life in him. So that means there's three steps actually that I would would say for a, a follower of Jesus, three phases. Hebrews talks about a little baby that needs milk. You need milk. That's theology 101. That's forgiveness. That's the old man and the new man walking in your new life. That is understanding that he died a death, that he was placed in the grave, that he was resurrected. There's some elementary theological framework to being a baby. And some of us, we need some of that milk, and that's okay. But you can't stay a baby too long. And then you have to grow into maturity, and the next phase is becoming a young man or a young woman. And that's by actually saying, this is who I am. I must now live it and walk it and breathe it and abide in it. And many of us want really deep teaching, but we're still babies. My friend, it requires spiritual discipline. It requires saying, you are king and I will bow to you. I don't have a choice. I don't have rights. Again, I love being an American, but I'm sorry, your rights won't get you to heaven. A king who conquered death, he is the only one who can give you life. 
And then we grow and mature into a father or a mother. And that's where we begin to teach others. Some of you in the room need to grow from being a young man or a young woman into becoming a mother or father spiritually. And that requires teaching, and that requires responsibility, and that requires maturity, and that requires abiding and believing and walking. My friend, life goes by too fast. It's here. It's but a blink of an eye. My little girl, Lenya, is already going to be three soon. I'm like, what happened with life? And it's like, that's going to happen. She's going to be 13, and then she's going to be 23, and then 33, and I'm going to be like an old man. And it's like, life is not fair, right? It's not. To the mind of the world, life is not fair. Even to the mind of Christ, yeah, here on earth we ache for eternity. Something is not right. Something is off. That's why I have to usher in the kingdom of God. That's why the way that I live my life, I'm not going to live it the way the culture does. I'm not going to act the way the culture acts. I'm not going to be so enamored by the news and be terrified and afraid. I have a king and his name is Jesus. And my Bible says I am a son of God. My Bible says you are a daughter of God. So I'm going to walk in it and I'm going to live in it and I'm going to breathe in it and I'm going to take the steps necessary not just to have the root of salvation but to have the fruit of resurrection power. You have the power to be transformed, not on your own might, not on your own will, but by the power of Jesus. So it's time to get to work, friend. That work does not get you to heaven. You're already saved. But there's time, it's time to walk in the newness. It's time to stop living in the old. Resurrection is the fruit. The scripture says this. John the Apostle wrote this in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 17 to 18. It says, do not be afraid. I, Jesus said, am the first and the last, meaning I know everything. I know the beginning from the end. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I love this. I hold the keys to death in Hades. Did you know that God... Jesus holds the keys to death? Did you know that death no longer has a sting or has ownership or has authority? We might feel it here on earth, but when we walk with Jesus, there is a sense of the kingdom that, no, 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 I'm actually alive. I've actually had to, I I died, but I'm alive in him. And so now death will not conquer me. My friend, if you have Jesus, again, you are en route towards sunrise. We are all going somewhere. And my prayer for you is that you wouldn't live thinking with a mindset, having salvation. Oh, I'm going towards sunset. I'm going. No, you're not. You're going towards sunrise. So we ought to walk in it now. We ought to live in it now. We ought to breathe in it now. We ought to step in it now. Go for whatever God has called you to. Stop living a mediocre life. Stop living a life that it's like, I just can't do it and it's just, I can't have. No, with Jesus, you could do anything. My Bible says that he makes all things possible. My Bible says that he is the God of the impossible. So with God, I have resurrection power. Do you believe it? Do you believe it in the room? I'm not here to play church. 
I'm not here to play church. There are too many people that are dying and that are living towards sunset. And my friend, you have the same authority that I have in Christ. You have the same opportunity. This is our story. Jesus came for the broken and the humble and the depressed and the low and the poor. He lowered himself so that he can find you. So man, I got, I'm going to give my life to that king. I'm going to give my life to that. I will bow to one man. Not the Republican or the Democrat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow to one man, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to give my life to one man, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to do everything in my power, because he's given me authority to walk in the newness. But it's, oh my gosh, it's not me, it's God. But I ought to walk. I ought to grow. I don't want to be an infant baby. And then... We, get our, we go through our entire life not making a conscious decision that you have to do something. Jesus walked out of the grave. How much more like illustration and understanding in our own lives that we have to take? Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock and I knock and I'm trying to say, hey man, let me in. I am not a God that would put anything on you. I am not, I'm sorry if you've learned that in church. He would not force himself on you. That's not the God I serve. He is a God of invitation. He only comes where he is invited. So he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Hey, man, what's going on? I'm here. And what, what does that require of us? Oh, man, like, I kind of like the old. Sin feels good for a little bit. I don't know, like, do I open the door? What do I do when I open the door? And we have to realize salvation is the root transformation and resurrection is the fruit of our lives and I'll end with this there's a quote from a man named N.T. Wright Real, shows us that God makes all things new shows us that with God we are new shows us that spiritually we are set free our old man yeah we got to work on that old man or old woman sure he says this the resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom the resurrection does. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Christ and that you're now invited to belong to it. Invitation, not coercion, not manipulation. Come, follow me. If you want to have your life, give your life up. If you want to fully live, be willing to fully die. If you want to walk in the newness, you got to let go of the old. This is the invitation to every man and to every woman. And it is your choice, by the way. Man, he's knocking. For some of you, you were raised in the church, and he's knocking. For some of you, you've kind of walked with God, and maybe you're just like, yeah. I got the salvation thing and I think I'm good, but then you're feeling the ramifications of a kingdom that is not his. What is that? It's, is Jesus truly Lord of your life? 
Because if he's not, you will feel the ramification. And I, I, I mean, I'm still working this out. The Bible says work this out with fear and trembling. But my mind is different. I think different. I speak different. I realize that God has placed a mantle of power, spiritual power and authority over my life. I no longer will let my children live in generational curses. My Bible says that I have the authority to speak against the gates of hell for generation and generation and generation, but it requires me to stand and to live in a new kingdom. So I father different. I pastor different. I talk different. I got my own mistakes. I have my own mess ups that Jesus is working on still. How about you? Where are you, friend? Where are you with God? Are you longing for more, searching for more? Are you desperate for a touch of heaven? I want heaven here on earth, in my family, with my children. With generation, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, if you follow God, you will be blessed. Now follow, abide, obey, not just say with word and not with deed. If you truly say, man, I've, I've given everything to you, I'm going to walk. The Bible says, my Bible says, your Bible says, for thousands of generations, your children will be blessed. Thousands. But what happens when we're going towards sunset? He tells us. If you choose to not walk with me, I've sort of created this whole kingdom world here and now. And if you choose to step away, hey, I don't want anything to do with you, that's fine. But just know, the scripture says that there are generational consequences because of our own actions to the third and fourth generation. And I'll stand, no man, not me. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to walk in God. We're going to stand in a new kingdom. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to walk. I'm going to choose to live. I'm going to choose to breathe. Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. So my friend, where are you with Jesus? Where are you? It's the words that God spoke to Adam and Eve after they fell. God knew where they were. It wasn't a question of location or geography. It was a question of the soul. Where are you? And for some of you, you know there is so much more. There is so much more resurrection power. It's your choice, friend. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. So right now, wherever you're at, I just want to pause for a moment. Don't let this moment pass. If you're here and you're hearing these words... And you would say, man, I, I just want to give my life to Jesus. I want to step into the new. I want to make a conscious decision that I actually have to do something about this. I have to walk in the newness. I need discipleship, and I need community, and I need to breathe something new. I need to change, let God change my mindset. In order to be transformed, our mindset has to be changed. So if you're in the room and you're like, man, I want, I want to cross this line of faith. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you feel like you just, you're tired of living sort of that like secondhand smoke, so to speak, from your family. You're like, this is my decision now. If you're in the room and you're like, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm not going to ask that anyone close their eyes because if we can't be strong here, what makes us think we're going to be strong out there? Yeah. This is family. If you're like, man, I want to give my life to Jesus, I'm all in. And if that's you in the room, I just want you to just raise your hand so we can see. I see your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. I see you. I see you. I see you. I just want to, I want to give everything to Jesus. 
Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for every person, God, in this room. I thank you for life. I thank you that you have conquered the I thank you because you were resurrected. Now we can live as resurrected, transformed people. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in your people's life. I pray for those that do not know you, that want to know more about you, that desire you. I pray for those that have given their lives to you, that they would make a conscious decision that I'm going to walk and I'm going to breathe and I'm going to get into community and I'm going to work on my discipleship. I'm going to work on my salvation with fear and trembling and I'm going to walk with God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for those who just...